Is that the is that donkey's goose video? <laughs> Breaking the like. I, 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 finally, I finally finished it, so I've been like watching everyone's goose videos finally because like I want to spot a goose. Yeah, it's pretty good. In three, two. Hey guys, welcome back to the Alpharetta's podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works. Where each week, we take some from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. Hello, my name is Ben. Ben, it's that time of the week David. again. We got to do our program. We had a week off last week because I was on I'm holiday. So um, oh, I'm so good. I don't know why I come back here. Yeah, David. I don't know, man. It's like you just spent like this. two hours in a fucking car. Like, oh my, we need to schedule these better. Let's not. Let's, let's not, not get let's into, not get into it. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was. I was on blissful holiday uh, in Melbourne. I was getting up at like nine thirty every morning and just Dude, chilling out. What and drinking. a dream! It was living the dream. We got back on Friday night. It was very sobering. I was like, oh, we're going to work on Monday. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. The whole oh mug, you reckon? God. The whole mug, you reckon? Oh, it's on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No, rescue the cell phone. Oh my god. It's, it's going all over the oh Do I just. Oh Wait, god. I'm going to catch this water. Oh god. Hang on. <laughs> oh, god damn it. You bring a towel? Very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, Sorry. Jesus. That's it's fine. <laughs> We're in a garage, Ben. I'm sure we'll survive. I'm I, surprised that we do I that. haven't done that before. Yeah, that like that's the first time that's <laughs> pretty much ever happened on this shit. Sure. Yeah, three years we've never just catastrophically. Hey, it's been nearly five years. I don't know what Jeez. you're talking about. Alright. Um, three years, he reckons. I think that'll do. Uh well, I mean, interruptions aside, uh, I suppose this week I don't even know. That chaos, Ben. <laughs> Leads us perfectly oh, into the topic oh, for this baby, week, it baby. Was entirely planned. This, that's just chaos, baby. Because this week we're talking about the meaning of Joker 2019, baby. Fuck me. I cannot <laughs> believe you just did that. That was incredible. <laughs> this is not going to be topical by the time it goes out because Adam's a few weeks behind, calling you out. Um, but Joker just came out and we saw it separately, which was interesting. Yeah, well, um, I had. I had no intention of seeing it. I was it. not going to see it either. <laughs> no, I don't know like, why. Hey, we should do it. Well, look, I had no intention of seeing it just because I was like, DC films, I'm just kind of like, whatever. Um, this table's real clean now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's the first time this table's been clean. And I was like, oh, I have no intention of seeing it. But then, like, I saw some people being like, oh, it's really good. I was like, oh, people are just saying it's good because it's edgy or something. They said BBS is good. Yeah. So. Um, and then I got invited to see it. <laughs> and even Laura was like, I don't want to go see it. You can go see it without me. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I went, it happens a lot to us. I went without Laura. And it was, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm glad I've seen it because I was like, hey, let's just do an episode of it. I, It'll got, be an easy one. I've got to be honest. I don't know if I give a shit about this film. I sat through the whole thing and like... I also sat through the whole thing. I was trying to do my research and like say something meaningful about it. But like... It's not a lot. It's just not good i don't think yeah like going into it i was like i i had like a vague understanding of it and like you know obviously all the media that's been going around behind it i was like oh going into it i was like let's let's you know there's got to be something it's gonna see there's gonna be some bonus bonus things in here Mm -hmm. it's gonna be like a little bit of extra a little bit of extra something in this i found some stuff but yeah i i don't know i think like this film kind of lends itself to being just analyzed at a really baseline level it's the, one of those films my, where it's like the lowest level interpretation is kind of just all there is it's annihilation kinda. again what we'll, we'll get we'll get into it with the analysis stuff my concern with this film broadly is that the discourse that's generated around it is not necessarily earned by the text itself 
It was more so by this panic that started before it. Where like, and we're getting into it with the analysis, but like because of the state America's in before this film came out, people were concerned that it would kind oh, of, yeah. that it would incite or, or that it would give license to, you know, this sort of certain white nationalist kind of demographic to kind of do things, uh, and then like incite them to violence. But the, the, the US the film, and you're like. Yeah, you can see where those concerns come from, but, but it's I, don't, like... I don't think the text is a good enough to even incite that kind of thing, or like be even interested in that community at all. Like I don't know, we'll get into it with the analysis, but I just think like it's interesting that the same people that were like that are like, oh no, video games don't cause violence, are also like this film might cause white nationalists to pick up a gun and do a mass shooting. Literally was the the connective tissue they kind of identified. So we'll kind of get to that in my meta reading at the end. Yeah. But it's going to be one of those ones that we're going to try not to talk about too much because it's not an area that we're experts in. But I think it's worth touching on because this film seems to want to be interested in the criminal mind or whatever. It does some weird things with its politics. Mm. Which, yeah, so I, cool. I think let's... by definition we should talk about it. But yeah. let's get through the summary and then we'll sort of um, try and... Say something intelligent about this film, even though the film doesn't really have much to say. So, um, strap in. In 1981, part... That was Ben. Adam, can we have a sound effect for that one? Can you CGI him? Wow. I don't know if we pay him enough for that. Let's find out. Adam, can we do that? <laughs> um, in 1981, party clown Arthur Fleck lives with his mother, Penny, in Gotham City. Penny constantly writes to Thomas Wayne, a wealthy mayoral candidate, begging for his assistance. Arthur, meanwhile, suffers from a disorder that causes him to laugh at random, inappropriate times, and he relies on social services for his medication. After being fired from his job as a clown, Arthur is attacked by three drunk Wayne Enterprise employees. Arthur shoots two in self-defense and executes the third. Thomas Wayne publicly condemns the murders, calling those threatened by wealthy clowns. Protesters then don clown masks in Arthur's image to rally against the rich, while funding cuts leave Arthur without his medication. Arthur's comedy show goes poorly. He ends up laughing uncontrollably and has difficulty delivering even the most basic jokes. His idol talk show host, Mari Franklin, mocks Arthur publicly by showing clips from the routine on his show. Meanwhile, Arthur intercepts a letter written by Penny to Thomas, alleging that he is Thomas's illegitimate son, and he berates his mother for hiding the truth. At a public event, Arthur confronts Thomas, who tells him that Penny is delusional and not his biological mother. In denial, Arthur visits Arkham State Hospital and steals Penny's case file. The file does indeed confirm that Penny adopted Arthur as a baby and allowed her abusive boyfriend to harm them both. Distraught, Arthur goes to the hospital and kills Penny. The clips of Arthur then go viral and he's invited to guest star on Murray's show. As he prepares, Arthur is visited by Randall and fellow ex-colleague Gary. Arthur murders Randall but leaves Gary unharmed. Arthur is pursued by the two detectives onto a train filled with clown protesters. One detective accidentally shoots a protester and incites a riot, but Arthur escapes during the chaos. Before the show goes live, Arthur requests that Murray introduce him as the Joker. Arthur walks out to a warm reception, but tells morbid jokes, admits he killed the man on the train, and rants about how society abandons the disenfranchised. Arthur kills Murray and is arrested as riots break out across Gotham. One rioter corners the Wayne family in an alley and murders Thomas and his wife Martha, sparing Bruce. Riders crash into the police car carrying Arthur, and he is freed. He dances to the cheers of the crowd. Later, at Arkham, Arthur laughs to himself and tells the psychiatrist she would not understand the joke. He runs from orderlies, leaving a trail of bloodied footprints. Credits. 
They couldn't fucking help themselves. They were like, you know what this Joker origin story needs? A Batman origin story. Well, the, the weird thing about it is that Todd Phillips, the director, fucking detests comic books. It's so weird. The discourse around this film is fucking bizarre. But he was like, I'm going to put the origin I don't know. In it's so weird, right? And, like, odd. it's just... it's for, for all of his, like, gallivanting about, like, this is a, this is an edgy character study. It's not a comic book film. To then be like, but it also here's the... But also scene we've seen the, in every Batman yeah. film for some reason. It's a bit weird. It's fucking crazy. I feel like that was probably like a um executive decision. DC, well, like, yeah. you got to include this. You got to do it if you're gonna have Baby Wayne, Baby you Baby may Bruce, as well do the death yeah, thing. You got to do it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Gotham uh, to varying degrees of success. So a lot of this, this film is just like I don't know. It, it it's almost brilliant and interesting, but the lazy shit that Todd Phillips does and the lazy shorthand they employ to try and like get at their meaning is sort of. Part of why I don't necessarily think it deserves to... Like, some people call this, like, a masterpiece. And, like, I think um, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix's performance is a big part of that. Like, him yeah. as the Joker is just magnetic. Um, he does a great job with, admittedly, not a great script. Um, but I wonder if the the shorthand of this film is what makes it not work. So, I really... I pulled out two really obvious examples. I want to get your thoughts on this. So, the most obvious shorthand that just makes zero fucking sense and has nothing to do with the text itself is the Send in the Clowns bit. So, um, Send in the Clowns is sung by a random dude in this weird mocking way. Um, like, the song itself is explicitly about two people with comically bad timing. It's got nothing to do with clowns. If you right, okay. This could have been in the text, you know, between, like, Arthur and Penny or, like, Arthur and Thomas even for, like, a great effect. where Because it, it is this story about kind of, like, I guess, ostensibly star-crossed lovers and the tragedy of them never quite connecting. Um, but instead, it's just, like, some random dude who knows all the words, and kind of sings them at Arthur, like... Because he's a clown? To, but, like, to bully him? The song has nothing to do... Like, I, I, I get from a textual perspective, it's got the word clown in it. But it's never been about clowns. Like, there's, there's, a, there's a clip, Adam, can you uh, roll the clip of uh, from The Simpsons where Krusty the Clown sings it? And it's, like, they nail it because he's a clown, but he's singing it about, like, this, this love interest that he's just lost. Send in... The clowns. This dude like uses it to bully Arthur, and I just I was that was that was one of those moments that pulled me out of it. Where I was like, this song is not about clowns, Todd Phillips. <laughs> I was so confused. Like, and I was sitting there trying to pull it apart. Be like, what does he mean by this? But I just don't think no, he knows what the song just, means. I think it's just clowns. I was so confused. That was like this whole time I was sitting in the theater. This, the whole I think it perfectly capitulates the film for me. I was so confused. I was like, I, they run it twice. They end the film with it. I know, yeah. and I'm like, it still doesn't not about clowns. <laughs> so confused, dude. And then the second one, which is like an obvious reference to me, um, is the comedy club where Arthur does his stand up. Is called Pogos, um, which is the one of the names that uh, John Wayne Gacy, who was a serial killer, he used, and Gacy dressed up as a clown. It's just like sure. if, you, if you're familiar with that okay. serial killer, which every American is. I totally am. Like it's just like an obvious reference to being like, there's a clown, and Gacy was a clown, but it doesn't do anything. Right, like it, and I feel like this kind of thing. Same thing with Sandy the Clowns. Like, there's like lots of references and shorthands, but just they're not employed to any effect. They're just employed because it's got the word clown in it, or because this dude was a clown. Yeah, and I think it's weird because like there's a lot of like weird referential stuff, like the the shot where he's walking to the hospital, mm -hmm. and it's like that low angle, and it's like rather it's like duh, the Gotham City hospital, mm -hmm. Gotham State Hospital. Mm -hmm. It's like that's like the same shot that they use in like, Dark Knight. When he's like walking away from the hospital uh, when he explosion. blows it up. Yep. Yeah, and you're like, like, I was like, oh, that's a reference to the Dark Knight. That's okay, sure. But like, why? 
Yeah, it's like That's- why? Like, yeah, it's in Gotham. Like, yeah, it's it would like- be the same hospital I'm at. Like, I was I was expecting them to like, go to fucking Arkham Asylum or some shit. Something just because it was it. just like just chuck it in, let's just put it in there. But it, it doesn't. It, that, like all of it just never gets anywhere. There is some decent like world building in this film. Mm-hmm. Like the whole you sort of like throughout the film you sort of learn that like. You know, there's like this this garbage strike going on, and like the city's yeah. like going to shit because of just like unions, which is like such a mundane small thing, yeah. but it's like it it makes the world seem more believable because it's like, you know, that it's not just like ah, oh, it's not like an Avengers level threat that's making everyone go crazy. It's no. just like no, the garbage isn't getting picked up, and everyone's just kind of getting just, everyone's just a bit on edge. Yeah, I think the the sort of um the protesting rioting thing mm-hmm. is like a weird sort of like that's also like a weird shorthand yeah but is that there's that newspaper and it's like a new movement kill the rich and it's like does someone just like go on twitter and see someone making a joke about eating the rich and like yeah. take it seriously because no one- so that's what it feels like it's like sure like those people who say eat the rich are a bit like you know but it's it's an exp- like no one says kill the no rich one, no one's like unironically like we're gonna eat some billionaires it's like no it's, it's just, just a class struggle that's i really struggle with that in this film because i mean so like the obvious compare i mean this film is Ripping off like a whole bunch of other films, um, particularly Scorsese. A whole bunch of other like, but, real world things. And like, the, so the uh, the easiest analog I could come up with when I was trying to like put together this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and give the film some credit here. So I apologize <laughs> wow. in advance, and then we'll kind of get to what I think of it. But sure. so like, it's trying to be dark and edgy because it's like oh, it's like real society or whatever through this lens, right? Sure. <laughs> Watchmen does kind of a similar thing, so like the Watchmen film. Yeah. Um, but where like Moore and Gibbons use like the depravity of the world to highlight that no one is exempt from it. Like the heroes in that story do really shitty things and they yeah. cover up like this huge conspiracy and like one of the main characters, you know, like rapes one of the other superheroes. Like it's a really dark st- and Rorschach is like fucked up. He's like accent dude, criminals in the head and shit. Like it's a it's a dark ass story. But the point of it is that there is somewhere among that uh, a conversation about morality and progression whereas i think with this story it goes hey gotham's bad because bad things are dark this is a dark story right he's insane like it there's there's a veneer yeah. of that to an extent whereas i think you know watchman benefits from like the deep satirization of re- of the real world like inequality where it takes this step further away in this you know in, in this story we see people don the the, the Joker masks in protests, you know, in Hong Kong at the moment, we're seeing people sort of obfuscate their faces. The timing of this is like uncanny. It's eerie, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like Watchmen took that to another level where, you know, the Watchmen in the comic books are literally people who put on Rorschach masks and they police the police. That's right. where the expression who watches the Watchmen comes from. So, but because it's so deeply satirical because that, that was not really a thing that was happening. Um, it, right. It, it didn't quite portray reality and it said something about what would happen if we got there. Whereas with this story, it feels like it both tries to be a little bit satirical because, like, yeah, the, the clown masks are stupid or whatever. And he yeah. dances in the street and it's kind of ludicrous and everyone cheers him dancing. But at the same time, it's close enough to reality that it never quite feels like a satire. I think what it's trying to do is that it, it uses that kind of, like, protest society kind of incident mm-hmm. thing that people are like knowledgeable knowledgeable about because it's happening. I guess like we call it like the lexicon of like of like prote- modern protest. Of modern protest, yeah. yeah. Contemporary protest. Modern rioting, I guess. Yeah. It's using that to develop Joker's character where mm-hmm. he's not sort of 
he's you know he's not part of the the protest groups he's not like running it he's not like he's not organizing he's not um like he he doesn't truly believe in yeah he's everything else he's just like he was in a certain circumstance and he did something and that spawned just like a whole series of other things that go on he, it ha- really in the background happened to be the instrument of that uprising but they, yeah. it, it was like they were waiting for a spark and he happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time they they sort of realize oh joke is our protagonist in this film we need to have him be you know somewhat like likable as a character so they're like all right so let's make the protest a class struggle yes and let's make this <laughs> let's make this white character believe he has a girlfriend who is a person of color which mm-hmm. isn't which like doesn't happen and he like stalks her one scene which is really gross and then yeah. they do all these things to sort of like and this is where the politics come in mm-hmm. they do all these things to like rein him on to the side of like they just kind of chuck him in the left they're just like what? get over there joker get over to the yeah. left complain about some society and it comes off really weird because the whole film you're watching you just like joker is an outsider to what is going on he just he only really tangentially benefits from the protests. He doesn't really... And, like, at the end of the film, it's like, yeah, he, like, embraces the chaos. But it doesn't it doesn't feel legitimate because, like, we know what Joker's like. Right. Like, he, yeah, like unless, yeah. unless they're trying to spin it a different way, which I, I guess is what an origin story does. And it's, it's also unclear from this whether or not he's the Joker or if he's going to then go on to inspire... Oh, let's not. That's because that. which <laughs> Todd Phillips has been like real vague about. Yeah. But you're right, and and I guess they're, they're, you know for and we'll, I want to finish on the politics because I think it's going to be complicated to unpack. But I wanted to give the film its its fucking kudos in this regard. Where sure. I think this Joker, what you've touched on, it, it it it's a different character than what we've seen. So like Jared Leto's portrayal was this like dark, edgy, cool '90s like kind of Batman Returns, Edge Lord. He's very, he's very sharp as a yeah, Joker. Yeah, he's sort of a polished, edgy version of it. Yeah. And then, like, obviously, Ledger's Joker was this man motivated and driven by this kind of invisible, like, force of nature. And, like, he, he felt like he was this storm that descended upon the scenes he was in. Yeah. Ledger's Joker is more of, like, a soft Joker, where he's kind of, like, he's, he's a mob boss and he just happens to kind of be, like, a clown. But he mm-hmm. just, you know, he has just the traits of being smart. He knows what he's doing. He's just a little bit kooky and interesting he's like he's like a modern ceo he's an elon musk yeah. kind of character he's just a little more unhinged and also he whereas like jared leto is like actually just a mercenary <laughs> yeah he's, he's a comic and book it, dude with guns yeah and like actually runs yeah. like basically a pmc exactly. so it's like he's actually a villain that, he's a gi joe villain that's why i kind of think this joker is a is a bit different and there's, there's something that um yo queen phoenix does with the portrayal but i i i both like and and think <laughs> is weird and people seem to have a problem with it for the wrong reasons. So like, I want to start by just saying what I liked about it and just tell me what you think of this. Cause this was kind of, I came out of it and the thing that I was overwhelmingly struck by was how different and subtle this Joker was to the other ones that we've seen. So like this, this is like, this Joker kind of reminds me more of the, in some ways, the comic book version where he's this sort of, he's almost not really there. Like there's something about him where he seems really fragile in this story. Like he would shatter at any moment. and, And there's this kind of, animated presence within him that kind of keeps coming out in the weirdest moments like it's it's that um that laugh that he can't suppress or like the random body language ticks and like the even like the fits of dancing where it's like there's something about the way that he's portraying him where he is possessed by this kind of force within him there's something that that phoenix portrays in this character that is 
beyond our comprehension of what's driving him to behave these ways that in some ways is an interesting analog for mental health where there is no from the outside perspective reason for mental illness in a lot of cases like there is a there is a non-identifiable immaterial thing that unless you have a mental illness you don't necessarily always understand why people behave you know in ways that are counter to their best interests or that hurt those around them and i think this film in a lazy shorthand kind of way gives people who may not understand that at least a glimpse into the into how to empathize with someone like that right for better or for ill i don't necessarily think we should be empathizing with someone that you know shoots people on trains and shit but (laughs) probably not at the very least phoenix gives us a character that we can empathize with who again may or may not suffer from mental illness because like what the mental illness might be a delusion like this is where i'm really fucking unstuck with this picture because by by decentering Fleck like Arthur Fleck's delusions and mental illness and he's an unreliable narrator or whatever, none of that quite lands. Like I think they I think on the, the mental illness side, I think he definitely has it. I don't think the film really makes any effort to not make that apparent. He definitely mm-hmm. has like delusions in the film and you get that mm-hmm. unreliable narrator element, but I think part part of it's kinda of down to the violence in this film where Joker kills five people in this film, mm-hmm. um, and it's all and every every instance of it is it's not like random violence. It's not like violence because he's a villain. It's it's always like a reaction to some kind of like stimulus. Yeah. So obviously the the three people on the train. It's like you know in some states in the U.S. Had he not executed the third one, he might have got in the way with self defense. Yeah. And the killing the the guy who gave him the gun. That's just you know he says it to the to the what's the what's the guy's name the the small one gary <laughs> gary he's just like you're the only one that was nice to me and he's like yeah, at that stage he's you know he's come to terms with the fact that he's going to commit suicide on live television apparently um yeah so like that violence is from like our perspective as the mm-hmm. audience it's mm-hmm. like oh that's justified and then obviously the <laughs> look let's not get into and then the and then the last guy it's like it's that's like the climax of the film you're and like, that, that's the threshold where he it goes from acts that we can reasonably justified to then oh now it's the joker he's an insane person yeah and i think because that there's that big lead up to it, it's just like oh he's gonna he's gonna go on tv and kill himself and then it's and then it swaps and you're like oh like something has changed and he unironically says we live in a society which is just like why would yeah. you write that in the script the, like do yeah, you not the, understand the script, how much of a bad fucking the, meme that yeah, is yeah the script is dog shit um <laughs> the, the, the script is fucking terrible I, it's not great. It's not good. I like, think... <laughs> I can see what he was going for, but if you're making a film about the Joker, the one thing you shouldn't do is make a film that takes itself this fucking seriously. Because this film, dead set from start to finish, <laughs> and Todd Phillips, he's going to walk this back in five years. He's going to say, no, it's a satire. Right. Guarantee. He believes every fucking word of this film. Right. This script is something he believed in so wholeheartedly, he signed in Phoenix to do this shit, and he was like, we are going to make a Scorsese-level masterpiece. Yeah. He believes this film so fucking earnestly <laughs> that he goes into interviews, and people say, hey, you worried this is going like, to incite some white nationalists? And he's like, don't tell me what to do with my art. This is a dude who believes in the script so fucking hard that if, he, if him and Scott turn around in five years and say satire, I'm going to call bullshit. So that's my concern there. Okay. I, I think you could do that. You could have him, you, you could have that unreliable narration combined with the mental health and then have that last scene where he's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot myself and it's a trick because TZ going to kill Mario or whatever. I think that's a cool twist. It's interesting. It, it definitely gives us the threshold of like, now we can no longer s- empathize or sympathize because it's a it's an act of I guess like self motivated violence like it's it's a 
violence for posterity's sake because this guy's humiliated yeah him. but then they they wrap it in that class struggle thing which, which again just gives you that cognitive dissonance where it's just like right. this guy who like is designed to be agreeable based on the movement that he's created which mm-hmm. is based on like real movements yeah and the words that he's saying like the the sort of like anti-authoritarian things that he's yeah, saying which is always uh, popular in some regards it's, it's marxism yeah and understand. then he murders someone and you're like uh, ah. so it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's a coding it's it's a it's a clear misunderstanding of how to control those themes and if you want if you want the the head of this riot i guess we'll call it a riot because i, I think calling it calling it a class uprising probably gives todd phillips too much credit but i i think if you're gonna have the dude who's who's in charge of that be a fucking murderer on live tv what you then don't do is have him walk out to the streets and have people cheer him. Because what is Todd Phillips saying? Because one, okay, here's where I'm confused. But then it's, yeah, it kind of does then, this weird thing where if you, there's this, there's this direct shift where when the class struggle kind of starts, it's represented by people like Arthur and people like mm-hmm. his fake girlfriend who's like, I think he's a hero. Or like even, that's, even to, I mean, his mother's probably an easier analog because she obviously suffers from delusions as well. Yeah. You know? And you, you kind of be like, oh, it's, it's an analog to a modern. Um, yeah to modern uprising but then like sort of as the film goes on when you start seeing the people in clown masks they like they they <laughs> they cast big people like big burly boys are you trying to quickly be like oh shit joker actually runs like fucking like a crime syndicate we need we can't just have regular human beings the kind of people who are represented in these kind of protests that you see in hong kong now especially yeah, which is just normal people, people. it's like shit uh, Joker needs Joker can't be celebrated by those people because yeah. that's not who because yeah they that's murder he that's, kills five people in this film like it's that, just that decoupling oh that... shit he kills six people kills his mother oh fuck oh, I yeah. completely forgot about that yikes yeah yikes that's what I'm saying though, because because we're the everyman right we're, yeah like... uh, matricide's cool hey isn't it I love Joker <sighs> I mean I just it's frustrating right because he's saying that he's saying that this class I mean Todd Phillips really doesn't like Twitter. Or just, discourse, which is interesting given <sighs> this film. <laughs> we'll get we're going to see my reading of it in a second because I do have a meta reading that's that, that kind of ditches a bit of the death, like or right. leans toward the death of the author stuff. But I think it's important to discuss like the dude who made this because his voice is so fucking omnipresent in this story. It's like he's talking to you directly in some of Joker's monologues, but he's like, yeah, and if you and he, it's like he turns to the camera and he goes, yeah, and if you disagree with this, it's because you're a fucking you're a you're a leftist idiot on Twitter who doesn't understand that like, action's is, needed, like du- like. But is, then the joke is that is, what he's saying? Well, I but that's that's what he's sorry. That's what he's saying in real life. And then he makes this film. So does he think people that follow the Joker are, are idiots? Is he is is the Joker Very a leftist idiot. icon? Is he trying to bait us into agreeing with the Joker and then being like, "Hey, you fucking idiots, you support a murderer." You, you agree with the villain? It's like, <sighs> but you well, made a film that that's the point. You I, and also like Joker. I think oh. I think the problem is Joker's an, an established character. Yes. Like, what would this film be like if Joker? wasn't joker taxi driver it exists oh yeah the <laughs> film that he stole this from yeah it's true. good I about that yeah it's good and it condemns that it's an interesting character study of someone that gets to this point like oh, he's this, that's what i mean yeah. that exists yeah you're right oh uh, this, this film makes my brain melt because I, i'm so frustrated by this whole text like obviously there are some uh. there are some textual issues that are unavoidable yeah but I think it's interesting the way that this film is being discussed. So that's really what I want to get to with my meta reading. All right, we're going to wrap it up with this. So I don't think it's earned its discourse. And this by, by that I mean, before the film came out, as I kind of mentioned earlier, a lot of 
very vocal actors in the left, particularly on the internet and on Twitter, were very concerned that this film would would paint the Joker as sympathetic and that therefore it would sort of incite people to violence. So there's an argument made by Rachel Miller and Adam. I, there's going to be no image for this. I so just do what we did last time. Quote, I don't want this to be sold as a relatable story that can happen to anyone with a bad enough day. And I don't want to be around any of the lonely white boys who relate to it. End quote. This is the same conversation that's been had about this character literally since it was invented, right? But for some reason, because it's a movie, now it's an issue. What? Uh, d- didn't we have this... This was, like, really sparked when there was that um, cinema shooting in the U.S. That was not... During, wasn't yeah, that literally... Was, that, ba- was that was Dark Knight Rises. That was literally Dark Knight but Rises. But for it... The- Dark Knight Rising? Mm. Wasn't it a later Dark film? Knight, it was Dark Knight Rises. It was Dark Knight Rises. But the thing that's complicated about that is that the shooter that did that killing in his manifesto had nothing to do with Batman or the Joker. So I think people conflating those just haven't done the research. I mean, yeah, it's interesting I mean, that it's a parallel. Don't read manifestos, but... Well, but, like, if you want to empathize with these people and understand why people do this shit, I think it's important. Obviously, you shouldn't give them the time of day, but the people whose job it, job it is to work the shit out... Oh, well, that's different. Them. That's... Yeah. That's anyway, like, that's a job. <laughs> all to say that it's not that, that Rachel Miller doesn't have a point, but I think that her concerns are only true if the film validates that reading so like the idea that like a white nationalist would watch joker and then you know go and go and get their submachine gun and and go and shoot up a school or whatever only pertains to the fact that does the film portray this psychopathic shitbag as someone you should rally behind the answer is kind of yes but that's always been the point of the joker like i think if you if you separate it from america's gun problem which is where a lot of this conversation was around because obviously this is not a problem here I wasn't afraid to go see it in a theater here because people don't have guns here. Right. Like, I think that that's, that, that's not being political. That's just true, right? Obviously, the Batman text as a whole, which is where these people are trying to drive this conversation. Well, the Batman text as a whole has always been interested in empathizing with villains. The animated series, which is the best of Batman ever, is, like, all about examining those broken psyches and, like, the reason that Batman is successful a lot of the time is that he can empathize and think like them. He doesn't sympathize with them. He doesn't say, oh, yeah... I validate their emotions, but what he does is he can understand how they've gotten to the point where, you know, like Mr. Freeze, where he's so distraught about his wife that he he does all these crazy things, or the Joker where he's so broken that he believes these things. There's something about that ability to empathize that empowers Batman to stop these people, and at the same time to heal them to an extent. I guess the concern around this film is because there's no Batman in the story, who is the, 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 the force in these narratives, who... He's like the counterpoint. Well, like without him, Joker does seem sympathetic, but then you have Batman in the picture where he goes, oh no, we should empathize with them, but not sympathize because they are doing very bad crimes. Yeah. Is the absence- Because they're they're the antagonists. Right. But he's the protagonist here. So is the absence of Batman as that kind of, I I guess is our viewpoint from, or I guess like our centralized point of morality. Does that mean then this film is, is kind of trying to, does it idolize Joker. I mean, you can argue a similar kind of thing happened in Suicide Squad, where even though you had a direct antagonist, it was one of those just like, who gives a shit, random, just like alien kind of antagonistic force. Mm-hmm. And then you had sort of your protagonists, which like on the surface, it's like they're made up of villains, but mm-hmm. they're like the good guys. So it's like that kind of spin. Right. But then you've got just the Joker on the side, just being this weird addition to the film. Mm-hmm. And it, like, I think that's why like Jared Leto's Joker got that kind of like reaction. Because, yeah, the first time he was presented, like there was no real foil to him. It was really just 
he was just kind of there in backstory in like flashbacks kinda, with Harley Quinn. He, he also wasn't needed as the villain because Amanda Waller was kind of the bad guy in that story. <clears throat> yeah. He was controlling this. She was like, she was the, the puppeteer of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. You didn't really need him. So who's the, like the antithetical force to him in that yeah. story? You know, we haven't had, we haven't had a Batman versus Joker film since Heath Ledger's Joker. Which, fair enough. I'd be shit scared to write one too. Yeah, I'd be terrified to write one after that as well. That's one. That's a goddamn like, masterpiece. But, but like, so don't put him in the story. Do you know what? Like, so yeah, let's not rag on Suicide sorry. Squad. But because of that, like, yeah, when the because you know we've got this film now where yeah, it's it's in a time where DC's doing a lot of weird shit where they're deciding to just make villain films. Well, you know, Birds of Prey. We had Suicide Squad. Like, I think they've they've shelved Batman for a little bit because I've realized that it's not they really they really fucked um, up. And you know now with Joker, which Joker's like, you know, it's kind of it's kind of the Logan of the series so far, where it's like we're gonna do something different, yeah, um, and present like a different take on like characters that you know and love. Um, <laughs> and, wow. And I, and it, yeah, it, like it puts it in a weird place where. Yeah, like, the discourse around this film was mostly about the whole, like, oh, shit, like, and for a while, like, that, those kind of people who are, like, who, like, super, like, sympathized with Joker, mm-hmm. their latest incarnation, they're really, like, the only thing they had was Jared Leto's Joker, and you were able to laugh at it because it was just a fucking joke, like, he's literally the worst Joker. Right. And it just spawned the whole we live in a society mean, which Absolutely. I stand by being fucking so weird that it's in this film. But then this film comes out and it's like joke is more interesting. Like it's, it's more, more nuanced. Grounded. It's yeah. more grounded. Like and it it presents like not just like an insane joker, it presents like a person who like has struggles against society. And, like it's it rationalizes those, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But but I just don't I just don't think you can conflate that with then it's gonna cause people to pick up a gun. Like that's these are the same mm. people. These are the same people who were like Grand Theft Auto's fine, video games aren't causing violence. They're the same people, same actors on the left saying this shit. That's what drives me fucking mental is well, think- this there's something in that this you can't also I don't think I don't think this is my personal opinion, I don't think the Joker in this film has a lot to do with incels. <coughs> That's the big argument. It's like, this is like, you know, there's an online community of like incels and like people that identify with the Joker will be like, I just don't know that, that necessarily like so I they think- give him enough complexity for that to be something that could happen. I just, I'm just my brain hurts, but this <laughs> film makes me so fucking I, frustrated. I kind of see where the people come from. Where, I see where they're coming from. I don't know. Me, it's, it's all just like meme culture at this stage. Like a lot of like a lot of the Joker things were like jokes. Like the we live like the whole we yeah, live in a society I don't, I don't, I don't thing was a joke. I don't think people that know that they're jokes aren't who they're concerned about. They're concerned about the the one in a million white guy who has access to guns in America who who doesn't realize it's a joke and thinks oh well yeah I, I have been mistreated by the system I have been mistreated by everyone around me like I should get my revenge. Do you know what I mean? Like I I, I don't think they're concerned about people that get it. One thing, one complaint I've seen that is kind of like the same kind of complaint, but mm-hmm. like dialed down and like 100% legitimate. I think you'll agree with me on this. Okay. Is that someone on Twitter was just like, I am absolutely not looking forward to all of the dickhead Joker cosplayers at conventions after this film. And it's the same yes. kind of thing. And like ex, ex-Deadpool cosplayers. Yes. Who are oh, now. So yes. that, okay. so oh. you kind of see, so it's, yeah, you kind of see where it comes from. Just where it's got like, it. Okay. Yeah, where it's like. It's permission. Yeah, it's, yeah, where it's like, oh, you know, because of this thing, it, you know, like, you know, Deadpool cosplayers are notorious for either being tasteful and entertaining or just usually complete assholes. Which is like- just just annoying. The, the nuance of Deadpool is lost 
to an, to an extent with them because they're just like, look at my balls. Yeah. And you're like, ah, it's you know what it is? It's the Rick and Morty problem all over again. Oh, it's, we, it's fucking, the, we, were, we had like six episodes going where we didn't talk but, about but that. It, it is a, but it's, it's the same kind of people. Who 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 yeah. jump on and they and they yell about the Szechuan sauce and they they emulate those behaviors. Like the high IQ and the yeah. And I, I want to delve into that a little bit in the post show, but I just think the the thing that fucking made my brain boil about this film is that the, those that discourse around it that is so complex. Like I'm glad that it started this discussion. I'm glad that people are talking about it because it is something we do need to talk about. Because I think the way that you solve those problems is by discussing it. Because it, 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 like with violence in video games, one of the reasons people don't go out and shoot people is because they're playing GTA. It teaches them that's bad, right? right? You, if you play Grand Theft Auto, unless you're a fucking moron, you don't idolize the characters you play as. Trevor's a fucking psychopath. Michael's an alcoholic and a terrible father. <laughs> and the other guy's just a gangbanger. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's a game that, that, that satirizes and does not evangelize those people. I guess the concern is that this film lacks the nuance to acutely communicate to the audience that actually you shouldn't want to be the joker and also grand theft auto online exists so it's like yeah. so there's it, that idea of the perversion absolutely of something that has a statement and is like grounded and reasonable and right. then it's like there's that layer where it's just like which in this case yeah cosplayers yeah. the kind of perversion that's such of a, a good that's such a good yeah. analog i didn't even thought of that yeah Exactly, exactly that. So I guess that's kind of my concern. The work here is done. I've so, explained a thing to yeah, David. He, I, you fucking, I'm, I, I feel okay now because I was spinning. I was, I, I'm. You're like, since, where is it coming from? So honestly, it's like, Tuesday, that's no, where I, it's I've, just, I've been fucking. Yeah. It's been. I've not. It's been in my brain, man. Like I've been going fucking crazy, man. You could say it's bloody I'm, society's I'm, got to me. You could say that. Tell you that much. We live. We live in a society. We live in a society. I want to read a quote from Warner Brothers to close this out. <laughs> sure. Um, they completely encapsulate everything that I, I, I kind of agree with. Um, they made a statement, so... Uh, wow. Part of the panic... That's insane. Part of the panic before this film Jeez came out was, um, was around all of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and these, these left actors on Twitter were, like, really concerned about it, and the right actors were like, don't worry about it. We should still have guns. Uh, and then Warner Brothers were like, we should probably say something. Because it's like, <laughs> like... They were like, yeah. they were like we're worried Maybe. about this. Probably. So I'm going to read you the quote, uh, and then and then we'll, uh, we'll 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 go into our recommendations. So quote: Gun violence in our society is a critical issue, and we extend our deepest sympathies to all victims and families impacted by these tragedies. Our company has a long history of donating to victims of violence, including including Aurora. And in recent weeks, our parent company joined out other business leaders to call on policymakers to enact bipartisan legislation to address this epidemic. At the same time, Warner Bros. believes that one of the functions of storytelling is to provoke difficult conversations around complex issues. Make no mistake. I fucking love this. Make no mistake. Neither the fictional character Joker nor the film is an endorsement of real-world violence of any kind. It is not the intention of the film, the filmmakers, or the studio to hold this character up as a hero. End quote. But then the but then the text but does. But then it. the film. So, I don't fucking know. Uh, if you want to hear they some, watch the film. Let's um. We're gonna get to some real deep shit about like like artist responsibilities uh. and shit in the post show. So keep an eye out for that. Um, if you do want to go check that out, you can. Otherwise, Ben, do you have any recommendations for this week? There's this YouTuber. He's got two channels. His main channel is called a Song Scout, but he has this side channel called a Game Scout. And I tweeted about this months ago, like almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. He made a um, he made a really good video about like classic tetris, like NES Tetris, okay. like tournaments, and talking about like the classic Tetris World Championships and stuff like that. And at the end of the video, he was just like, "I'm going to the classic Tetris World Championships this year." Like the, he's just like, "I you know I've learned so much. I've been watching it for years. I'm cool. gonna fucking go and compete. I'm gonna make a video after it." Twelve months later, 
He's finally that, made that video. Yes. It's like an hour long, and it is so good. It's it's pretty much him just like going over the entire event, and he but he spins it. He spins the story because like a really cool thing happened. That I'm not going to spoil, mm-hmm. but like it's a good story, like a good like cla- like just a great esports story. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, like if you enjoyed like the Smash documentary, like the Melee documentary, oh, then you will like you'll enjoy this. Like it's very similar kind of kind of production yeah, yeah. uh my recommendations this week is i've been playing warsaw which is i don't know if this is a recommendation i've been playing warsaw which is the which is the darkest dungeon game oh, yeah. set yeah, in yeah. world war ii uh look i'm this isn't necessarily a recommendation this is what i've been playing it's <laughs> so weird so it's very much like darkest dungeon where it's really hard there's yeah. like permadeath that even like the the animation style is very similar actually, the artwork yeah. is very similar but it is so fucking complicated so like <laughs> Darkest Dungeon takes you a good 20 hours to get a grip of. I've played maybe 30 hours of Warsaw, and I have no fucking idea what half the mechanics do. Okay. So I don't know if I can recommend it yet. I'll maybe check back in next week, but I'm really, I think I'm enjoying Is it. it. What's it on? It's just on Steam at the moment. Um, I think I they're intending, intending to do uh, the Switch, obviously, eventually. Um, Absolutely. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I like it. It's so weird, like, because I love the Darkest Dungeon. So obviously yeah. my bar is set. Very high. fucking high, <laughs> um, but it's it's it, I think it adequately portrays the horrific nature of that struggle in Warsaw during the Polish uprising. Same developers or no? Just an unrelated. Just people kind of yeah, looking the, at it and going. No, yep, Red, Red Hooker. Um, they're doing Darkest Dungeon two at the moment, mm. so that's coming out soon. Otherwise, if you want to find us on the internet, where DCM works everywhere, you can follow us on all the socials. Uh, if you want to help support us, Patreon's the best place to do that. You can subscribe for three dollars a month, get access to a ton of behind the scenes content over like I think it's like a hours now of extra content um you get early access to all kinds of different things you get to see our post show which is coming up next we're about to record that um and also you get access to all kinds of cool rewards in our discord as well so you can check out our discord chat um you can send us memes send us memes we you will can, react to them you can leave comments and shit if you, we, we tell you what we're covering this week and you can respond to it um it's also the only place where you can see aaron and i argue about outer worlds <laughs> in real time so check that out. Dude, real time. Like, real instantaneous time. outer worlds discussions. Otherwise, if you want to follow us individually, I'm at DC in my head, I'm at Literal Citrus. I'll see you guys next week. Now it's pee break time yep <laughs> having a whiz having a piz having a piz okay i don't like being called a piz, a piz. <laughs>